0: Hello everyone! Welcome to Beware of Vlogs podcast. Today we have a special guest, Hithliday from the Quack Twelve podcast. We call him Hith around here. But also joining me is my friend Michael. You know him, you love hey. him. Hith, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, It's my pleasure Caleb you've been on the Quack 12 podcast a couple of times now we always had pretty productive conversations so I'm happy to return the favor
0: yeah we're gonna talk about Oregon football now you've you've got to talk about Fresno State football too much with me (laughs) so now I'm gonna return the favor and talk Oregon football with you hope that's all right I I love it let's do it (laughs) the Ducks are hosting the dogs this Saturday I think it's an 11 a.m. kickoff Uh, another one for us which we're not used to. I'm used to these 7 p.m. games, but we've already had two in the last two weeks. Well, the weather should be nice. Should be a little cooler (laughs) than it was in the Valley last week. Start us off. This is your first game of the season for the Ducks. Um, What what did you guys see from Fresno State, and what are you focusing on after, you know, you got some film on us and we don't have any. So what are you looking at uh, at Fresno State to watch out for? (laughs)
1: Uh, well, it's a good question, because I've got an article about a film study article with a bunch of video clips going up on uh, uh, the website that I write for is Addicted to Quack, uh, which I think is by far the best blog name <laughs> in existence. That's a great um, name. <laughs> I, I write film study articles for it where I put in video clips and everything. So uh, you will find out my full thoughts if you uh, decide to read that article tomorrow morning. But um, uh, what I saw from Fresno State, uh, I, I I charted all six of Fresno State's games in 2020, and then. Of course, I also charted the UConn game on Saturday. Um, I did not see much difference in terms of the offense. Like I, you know, they had some offensive line replacements to make. I think that went smoothly enough. uh, but the offense was, you know, it's, as you know, they're returning all their playmakers. There's no reason to expect any sort of difference, you know, from the offense. I thought it was, you know, working fairly well, a little bit of a slow start. Um, you know, I I, I I realized that folks in the Valley may feel a little differently. I have sort of mixed feelings about Jake Hayner. I think sometimes he looks great and sometimes sort of like, what are you doing, Jake? Um, and I think we saw some of those, what are you doing, Jake? Uh, uh, moments on Saturday. The defense was really what uh, opened my eyes because I had, um, I, I think that there were I mean obviously They were going through A, um, a scheme change uh, In 2020 On top of all The other stuff That was weird About 2020 And um, Uh, but I thought that there were some like certain personnel problems on the defense that sort of contributed to why they were, you know, not great, particularly against the run, like very, very particularly against quarterback runs. Like I didn't think they had great depth uh, on the defensive line. Um, I thought that they, you know, they were having a hard time figuring out what their best combination of linebackers were. And uh, one of the two safeties, the one who's not named Evan Williams, uh, whose brother, by the way, plays for Oregon Bennett Williams, um, the, that, the other safety I didn't think was great. Rate, uh, in coverage. And all three of those issues, I think that Fresno State really uh, took big strides in addressing against UConn. They, they got... Um uh, Pain back on the d- defensive tackles. I thought they they moved Mosby and he was healthy now uh, to defensive end and he looked great. Um, they uh, they got Miva, the transfer from Boise State by way of uh, FIU or FAU. Which would we settle on? Uh, FIU. FIU. Uh, I think he's a cut above in terms of athleticism. I think John Houston, who was a true freshman playing the Husky position last year and sort of at times looked like a true freshman, I think he's grown a bit. Um, and uh, and they've replaced the problematic safety with the transfer from UCLA, the former four-star Elijah Gates, who frankly, I've always had problems with that guy as the cornerback, but I still think he's better uh, than the dude he's replacing. Um, And so like, you know, at every position on the defense, I'm like, Hey, it's the same defensive structure, but it's working a lot better now. Uh, You know, I think they have better personnel. Of course, it also sort of helped that they were playing a totally anemic offense. So (laughs) I don't know how much of that is, is fool's gold and how much, you know, isn't, I, I guess we'll, we'll see as the
2: season goes on. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely see you on Saturday. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it's
1: going to go pretty herky jerky to go from Yukon <laughs> to Oregon. Like I don't know, I don't know if you're going to have great data going into, uh, you know, the the Mountain West season. But I, I got to tell you, like I said, I, I watched all those Mountain West games, uh, you know, in 2020 and sort of projecting, you know, from what the and I filled out my personnel rosters just sort of like understand what their um what their personnel situations and talent levels look like and like looking at Fresno State from what I know of them and the rest of the Mountain West of what I know about them, like. I think Fresno State's going the distance. I think this is a team that's definitely has a pretty good shot at being in the title game. Um, I just like the way the team's built and and I like the way the team's coached. Like I think this is a very, very solid team. I think that Oregon underestimates this team at its peril.
2: Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that because uh can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Okay, I can yep. hear you just fine. Okay, awesome. So I was going to ask you about that. If you think this is a trap game for Oregon, because you guys play Ohio State next week, and so they're number four in the country. Obviously, that's a big game. So, you, are, are you thinking this could be a trap game? I know you got a new quarterback. You got all these kind. You got a super young defensive back back group. Uh, we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, you think this is, could be a trap game for the Ducks?
1: Um, I probably not because week one is never your trap you know that's what they say all summer long so I mean, we're focused on Fresno State we're focused on Fresno State and I you know Mario Cristobal in the time that he's been there there's never I've never seen one bit of evidence that they do anything other than you know there's no looking ahead I've never seen any evidence for, for that sort of thing in terms of like where Fresno State could take advantage of you know areas of Oregon I, I don't think taking advantage of the quarterback is something that, that that's going to happen because Anthony Brown is a very experienced dude I mean he's a three-year starter at Boston College he played, you know, pretty extensively um, in 2020 in rotation with Tyler Shuck, um, especially at the end of the year. Uh, and um, while he's definitely a pocket passer, like I think that people often describe him as more of a running quarterback for reasons that we probably shouldn't get into uh, <laughs> that. uh you know it it, boston college is definitely a pocket passer the dude can move like and he knows the rpo offense that joe moorhead the oregon offensive coordinator runs uh very well and you know given fresno state's i think the fresno state's problems containing quarterback runs are structural i I don't think it's entirely personnel i I sort of think that you know anthony brown's gonna um, not have you know uh you know jitters or anything going into the game um when Caleb was on the Quack 12 podcast, Adam, the the host of that podcast, asked him, "What do you think you know? A Fresno State win looks like?" And I totally agreed with what Caleb said, which is basically Hayner hits stuff over the top, turns it into a shootout. You know, takes advantage of you know some secondary stuff. Uh, like, and I totally agree. I, I think that you know, given that they are going to have to be replacing um, a cornerback in this game, and we, even though the guy's behind uh, DJ James, the the corner who's who's going to be out for this game, even though of those guys are extremely talented like one of them Dante Manning's a five-star for god's sakes we haven't seen him at all like they've you know Manning was a true freshman in 2020 and he was injured and we just like and Triquise Bridges is another very talented guy um and it's just like they haven't played at all and if Fresno State wins I, I think the most likely scenario for Fresno State win is it turns out that those guys can't play um I don't know how likely that is but I think of the scenarios in which Fresno State wins it's that Hayner takes advantage of that situation um I guess we'll find out whether or not he can
2: yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that caught my eyes. Like, there's tons of underclassmen on the DBs. All the cornerbacks are freshmen or sophomores, So they might be five-star, but this is going to be the first time. Did Oregon play in front of a packed house last year, or was there any I, fans? Or no,
1: were... <laughs> no, not a, like the Fiesta Bowl barely had anybody, and that was the first time <laughs> in front of any fans at all. The Pac-12 didn't have, yeah, no fans in the stadium.
2: So, I mean, this is going to be the first time they're playing in front of those guys, and, and so this is the first time for them, too, even though they might be sophomores. So that's a young group that, you know, that's something that I like, caught my eye when I was looking through your rosters. Those are, those are young. Uh, even though they're five star four star guys super athletic that's a young bunch of guys out in that uh, out in the DBs and the safeties and cornerbacks
1: it's it's a little misleading because Oregon is one of the – I go through a lot of rosters uh, in this in this job, and some of them have taken the eligibility holiday and advanced everybody a year, and some of them have done what Oregon has done, which is no, they froze everybody. So I, I recognize that it says on the official roster these guys are sophomores. They're not. We're talking about most of them are third, fourth-year players. Right. Um really? Yeah, um I know it's really I know it's confusing and somewhat obnoxious, but no that <laughs> You fooled it, me, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. I, 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 you know. Look, I, I profile like something between fifteen teams over the course of the year, and like I get tripped up on all these things all the damn time. Um, like yeah. But anyway, uh, let me run through them for you. Um, uh, McKinley Kenley's been a starter uh, for the last three years. Um, uh, uh, Bennett Williams, like I mentioned, the um, the the brother of of Evan Williams, the safety for Fresno that I really like. Um, uh, was a freshman All-American for Illinois in twenty. 17. um uh uh they will probably wind up playing uh, steve stevens who was a four-star he came into the 2018 class uh they will uh, the starting cornerback on the other side uh be mikhail Wright. he was a um he was playing extensively as a true freshman in 2019 i think he's one of the best cornerbacks in the country like he was he was in a three-man rotation with thomas cream diameter lenore uh in 2019 as you know starting cornerbacks those guys are two years older than him and are in the nfl now like and, mm-hmm. and he was better than them as a true freshman um there's really just one position where there's like that sort of inexperience or youth problem and that's replacing dj james who's out on a suspension for the stupidest reason in the world don't get me started um his replacement will probably be either Triquiz bridges who is a borderline four-star in 2019 or dante manning who is a five-star in 2020 and like i said those two dudes um have you know they just haven't seen a field in, in oregon uniform they are young they are inexperienced they're very talented um but like i said that's that's the spot of vulnerability and i really kind of don't think the other four are
0: well shoot Michael and I had our hopes up that we could (laughs) take advantage of this inexperienced uh, secondary but I don't think that's the case.
1: <laughs> it, I mean I you know it's going to be the first game and, and Fresno State having gotten you know having a shakedown run versus Oregon not having had a shakedown run I do think is an advantage you know so even though those guys are you know like I said a bunch of returning starters with a bunch of experience under their belt like there's always first game problems like I'm sure you have know if you've watched football for a long time like you always see it so like mm-hmm. I don't want to like sell these guys as like the, the greatest secondary in the world with only one weeks <laughs> spot but uh you know it's simply the roster is a little misleading um when it describes them you know as all sophomores it's just not it's just not accurate all
0: right I want to know what is the most important thing for Fresno State for the Red Wave we call ourselves the Red Wave what is the most important thing for the Red Wave to know about Oregon other than (laughs) that the rosters are lying to us and that
1: yeah right (laughs) um I mean probably the probably the most important thing to understand is that, you know, the two four seven team talent composite uh, came out Oregon is the number eight, you know, most talented team uh, in the country. There's just, there's no, there's no positions on this team in which like, that dude's not a superhuman who could beat the snot out of you. You know what I mean? Like It's just a. And this is a very weird thing for an Oregon fan to be saying. For you know, I've been doing this for. I've been an Oregon fan for a long time. Like, I never in my life did I thought I would see Oregon having a top ten talent team. Like, it's just. I. I. I promise, I'm not trying to gloat here. This is more like me being astonished. Um, like that. The, you know, Oregon was a terrible team for like 80 of the hundred years of its existence. Like, it's it is astonishing to me, like how, how talented this group is, but it is, you know, it's not like the 2019 team that that went to the Rose bowl, where it was all senior veterans. Like it's, you're going to see, you're going to see a super talented kid. Um, running a million miles an hour the wrong way <laughs> like you know what i mean uh-huh. uh you know that's probably the thing to, you know to be watching out for uh in terms of like what's going on here and, and it's just because yeah you know it's they're going to be rotating in a bunch of new guys uh you know and and, and and to the extent that dudes had experience they had experience in the 2020 season which was like weird as hell <laughs> right
2: basically a preseason for all these guys you know <laughs> like we talked to somebody from Cal Poly they only played 3 games and i mean yeah, i know right. they're fcs but i mean like what are you supposed to do with 3 games you know you can't compete for anything so basically preseason you know are there any players that we should be looking
0: out for that we need to know well, the
1: one that I've really, um, I'm really excited about is, uh, as you have probably been following, uh, Tim DeRuiter, who I understand is celebrated and widely loved in the Valley. Oh, um, we love him is uh is is now the defensive (laughs) coordinator uh uh, for oregon and his we've been watching him as the dc at cal for a number of years now and i you know i've had to do a lot of film study on the guy over the years um and his system the linebackers just eat you know like the inside linebackers just generate a million tackles um because you know the whole play the whole structure of the defense is to funnel everything to those guys so uh, i am really looking forward but because you know of some departures uh you know oregon's probably going to be starting to. produce new inside linebackers who are super talented a couple of five stars Noah Sewell and Justin Flo and like you combine five-star linebackers with a system that's designed to funnel everything to the linebackers and a team that wants to you know run all over you with Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims who I think are phenomenal running backs like that's Ooh, that's, I'm excited to watch. I am excited mm-hmm. to, to, to see how that goes down. Like, because, you know, I've got all over my tally sheet and all, and all sorts of film clips are going up on Friday morning of like those two dudes, just like, just breaking tackles, you know, being their own blocker. And, and, and uh, you know, I think those guys are really phenomenal. I want to see him try it against five-star linebackers. You know, I <laughs> that seems like that could be a pretty fun thing to watch.
2: Well, I know for us, I mean, we're rooting for Ronnie to Go to the NFL. So I mean, if he's got it, if he wants to do that, I mean, he's got to do it against five star guys in college. Because yeah, man, NFL, everybody's that, <laughs> everybody's yeah, right. at that yeah. level. Of higher.
0: I was listening to the radio, I think it was yesterday, and they are talking about your stud defensive player, Kayvon, and I'm going to butcher Thibodeau. Thibodeau, you got it. Oh, beautiful. Uh, like they're saying, he's the number one pick in the draft next year. But what they were discussing is. Do does Fresno State double team him and run that way, or do we run away from him? What would you do? Um,
1: the the on running plays, I don't think it really matters. Um, it, <laughs> uh, well, I don't think that Thibodeau affects running play, whether where okay. he's lining up affects anything. He's he's been moved, if you recall, from Deruder's defenses to the Joker like outside linebacker type of position, uh-huh. and when he was playing in Andy Avalos' system for the, his first two years in 2019 and 2020, they were it's a somewhat different three down front. He was a DE uh, in, in that system. And, like, I actually think he stacks up tackles pretty well and plays and run support pretty well. But where he is phenomenal, um, you know, where the guy is, like, just an unstoppable force is in the pass rush. And moving him outside or further outside to the OLB joker position, just, like, that was really what, Pac-12 teams found out in 2020 was that you if you want to stop him from getting the cornerback, you need to move a guard over and double team, you know, Thibodeau coming off of the edge, because if you just play one dude. If you just put the tackle on him, that he will destroy that tackle. That's what USC found out in the championship game, where like they had an NFL first round draft pick, two of them, two in a row actually, Austin Jackson and then Elijah Vera Tucker at left tackle, who were both first round draft picks, and Thibodeau absolutely destroyed them if they go one on one against them. And look, I like uh, uh, Bull a lot. I'm forgetting his first name, Levante? Dante. Dante, Dante bull. I like him a lot. Um, I actually think watching bull versus debito should be pretty fun to watch. Um, I, I don't think that Jay Keener is going to enjoy that matchup. <laughs> you know, to be perfectly honest, um, the, the you know that that's you know the the now Fresno State has sort of a quicker passing uh, offense. You know, Jay as we've talked about really likes getting it out uh, quick and in, into underneath passes. So I don't know, you know, how much you know it, it's really going to matter. But like you know what we were talking about a little while ago was like if 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 Hayner can set up in the pocket and throw it deep against you know question mark at at cornerback um you know that's going to require you know some time in the pocket and i don't know how much he's going to be able to do that with Thibodeau coming at him if you don't put a you know a guard on him as well the double team so it was a long-winded answer but like that's how i would go it's like i would not do the usc thing i would not try to single team tibedo it's a, it's a bad idea
2: so that's a good good uh good to know on the defensive side but the offensive side you got the young quarterback uh, or not the young quarterback but the new quarterback for the uh the ducks i mean you said he was in uh, boston college for the for a little while, and then so now he's he's the he is the man this year. No more splitting the reps. So so what what should dog fans look for uh, out of him come uh, come Saturday?
1: Well, the thing about um, Morehead's offense is that virtually every play is an RPO, um, and it's like it's actually been a real treat to watch it in film study because like ooh, there's lots of magic tricks involved here. Um, the the reason why Tyler Shuck ultimately lost his job despite being like, I think he was the number 12 rated quarterback in, in NCAA passer rating last year. And he wow. still got chased out the door Um, was that the, the RPO offense requires, I mean, you're having to make either one or two binary reads on every single play. You know, I, I you guys, I've seen, I'm sure at Fresno State, you know, they have a, they have a run, they, they have RPO plays, they also have zone replays where the quarterback's got to make a decision based on, you know, where the, the defense is going post snap. And like, for Moorhead system to work, the quarterback has to operate at about a 95%, you know, correct read rate and Tyler Shuck was like getting a B on that question instead of getting an A and it's ultimately why he lost the job and what we've seen out of Anthony Brown is he's getting an A you know in the RPO stuff um and you know that's really you know if you know first game rust you know uh somewhat different system than what he's running at boston college if you're going to see brown making mistakes i think that's where you're going to see him is you know rpo read errors because if you if you read the rpo wrong you're going to you're getting eaten alive right because the whole point is that it's it's a dude who's being unblocked right so that dude is going to come get you and like you know maiva houston you know uh, paralysis like these guys are really good if you make the wrong decision about those guys they are going to eat you so you know that's what i'm going to be looking out for um for anthony brown is like you got to make your right rpo decisions what kind of arm does
2: he have oh sorry caleb
1: no no no, go ahead ahead. he's got hell he's got a hell of an arm i mean that was what boston boston college when he was there for those three years they had um uh, AJ Dillon for those three years, that you know, the,
2: the running back for the Packers yeah,
1: exactly. The phenomenal running back, and so that offense was like 60% run, it was run, 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 hand the ball to AJ Dillon all day long. It was actually pretty boring to do film study on it. Uh, uh, but you know, what they paid it off with was Anthony Brown hitting play action passes, you know, like the defense would get sucked up onto Dillon for obvious reasons, and then he'd be hitting 60 yard bombs off of them. And like, yeah, that was the stuff that was fun to clip out and put into to uh, my film study article uh, on Anthony Brown, which I wrote about a year ago this time, like is just him just standing back in the pocket, throwing bombs against <laughs> one-on-one coverage because all the linebackers are sucked up. Like, yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. His accuracy is not elite. You know, he's working, it's about like 59, 60%, you know, accuracy. I definitely see him missing some passes um, over the middle, uh, but it's, you know, good enough. And the other thing is about the RPO is that like a lot of it is, it's short passes, but the, because the magic trick has been pulled off, like it's a short pass into totally open grass and the dude just runs forever.
0: If that doesn't happen, are you comfortable with him keeping it and, and with, with him you know, running? Yes.
1: Uh yeah, I, I thought he, you know, he looks pretty good as a runner. He had a really great um he had a couple of really great touchdown runs, one against USC, one against Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh it was sort of difficult to do film study on that game. But anyway, um, yeah, no, he's a he he's a pretty quick runner, which was a surprise for me to learn because, like I said, at Boston College, it was handoff, handoff, handoff play action pass, handoff, handoff. Right. You, you know, it was not a read-option offense. It was not really a very modern offense. Uh, and so when he was keeping the ball and running the, you know, the RPO or the occasional scramble at Boston college. And it turned out he had some wheels. I was like, Oh, you don't actually see that out of play action passers all the time. You know, we, the, the biggest play action offense that we see in the PAC 12 is at Oregon state where those guys have had, uh, you know, jugs machines, you know, for quarterbacks for a number of years. And so I was sort of expecting to see that out of Anthony Brown, but no, nah, he can scoot.
0: Now tell us about the stadium. You guys s- sell it out. Uh, what's it going to be like? I don't know. I'm planning to be at the game. Um, the, the last I looked tickets,
1: you know, there were tickets available for like 35 bucks, which usually they're selling for more. Uh, the students, it's a Oregon's a, a four quarter. They don't start till late. So the you know, students aren't going to be there yet. You know, COVID's a little weird, um, but I'm sort of the capacity is about 60,000. I'm sort of expecting it not to be sold out, but it'll I think it will be over half full. I think you're looking at about 35 000 to 40,000 in the stands
0: that's what we like to hear as as long as there's people there i did see their uh organ ou is requiring proof of vaccination or a recent negative test now uh
1: Oregon. that is true it's it's uo ou is oklahoma we get Sorry. very upset about that yeah <laughs> no, uh, no uh yes it, it is true you got to show up with your um vaccination card um or they uh they do a test on you um you know at the gate um i'm hoping that everybody shows up vaccinated um and yeah, uh, Oregon and uh, Oregon State both are uh, the bitter rivals across the river. <laughs> good
0: to know for if anybody from Fresno is making the way out there. You, yeah,
1: uh, bring your proof of vaccination with you.
0: And they will be testing at the stadium. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, any other football questions for Michael?
2: I uh, No, I think I'm okay. I think we've got a good uh, feel for the team. It, I mean, Oregon's good. I mean, that's the kicker. They're going to play a <laughs> top 25 very – Very likely. I was going to ask, you know, what's the what's the expectations like for the Ducks this year? You guys, you know, college football playoffs or bust? Are you going to just say we're just trying to win the Pac-12 or what does that look like expectation wise?
1: I don't know about playoffs or bust. You know, if you had asked me that question before COVID and like seeing how they were recruiting, I would have said like 2021 is setting up for a national championship run kind of year. But then COVID just sent a monkey wrench into everything so much that like i don't know i think that fans will be happy if they just you know if games are played like if they get 12 games out of this team i think fans will be pretty happy i I think it is i guess i'll put it this way outside of the game against ohio state the week after this one um i I think that oregon will be favored in every game that they play and uh if you lose a game that you're favored in fans don't like that (laughs) but yeah no i mean it's it's looking like a team that should you know it, it, it should have you know to at least 10 wins you know on the year
0: and, and where it goes after that you know we'll see all right so the spread has you guys at 20 and a half and the over mm. under 64 what what are you where are you putting your money
1: Ooh, that hook is nasty 20 and a half um i'll i'll take oregon to cover by half a point i i think it's 21 exactly um mm-hmm you said the over under 64, give me the over. I like Fresno state's
0: offense. Yep. I, I mean, I'll take the over, but uh, I'm very biased. I don't know if I could take the 20.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: no, it's going to be close. Like I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I think it'll be, I think Oregon will win by three scores but whether or not it's three touchdowns or two touchdowns and a field goal search me you mm-hmm. know like that that'll be the you know the, it'll come down to whether or not Fresno gets that one more stop um and and we'll see or alternately, Fresno just you know tears apart Oregon's uh, cornerbacks that they turn out they can't play and
2: <laughs> hey, that's what we're hoping for we're yeah, hoping yeah, right. for that no sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: well i i mean if i were a Fresno State fan i would uh, I don't want to tell you how to feel about it, but like the thing that I would be looking for, for Jay Hayner, because I think it was a little, you know, even though I think everybody, you know, liked what Jay Hayner like evolved into by the end of the year, I think it sort of looked a little rocky last year, right? Like, I mean, he was an active competition for the job during games um, uh, uh, and, and like, I would like, if I were a Bulldogs fan, I would like to see him really let it rip. You know what I mean? Like really like take some, cause it's a great group. We didn't even talk about the wide receivers. Fresno state has great group of wide receivers, you know, Cropper and Wheatfall and Kelly. And there's more Uh, like it's, I, I sort of feel like just doing the safe stuff the just underneath stuff that Hayner tends to, and, and not like do take some shots, man, like throw mm. some 50, 50 balls. you got receivers who can pay it off for you. Like trust them. Um, That's what I would want to see. And like, there's an opportunity coming up to do it. Um, Boy, you know, that's, that's what I would be if I were a State fan, really, you know, if I were in Jake Hayner's ear, I would be like, let her go, Jake, let her rip.
2: That's kind of what I'm thinking for Saturdays. I really want to, he's like a gunslinger. Just let the go, go play, man, go play fearless. We're playing a top 25 team. I think the dog's covered. I think Oregon's going to have to play all. All uh, four quarters here to, to, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you guys are going to win, aren't going to win by like two scores or, you know, but uh, I think you're going to have to play all four quarters because Jake Caner can do that. And if he comes up and shows up and plays and he gets it to his playmakers and then then the five star play, the five star athletes, they got to make plays. And if you don't, then, you know, and then, then the dogs defense could tackle. So I think it, it prevents Oregon, hopefully, from making any big momentum swinging plays because the Oregon I remember is the team that they'd score 80 yard touchdowns five times a game you know <laughs> now obviously that's a little far removed but i know that's still uh, with the rpo offense and, and what you guys got there's still that possibility so
1: i I'd, I'd love to see you a four-quarter game i mean i'm i'm gonna be in otsen i i want to get my money's worth and,
2: uh,
1: <laughs> and hey they gotta they gotta catch up to fresno in terms of the practice they're they're you know playing power five opponents coming up real quick so
0: right. yeah no f- full game would be great by me my last um, cool. thing for you is I learned over the past two podcasts that you guys are not fans of Washington and uh, we not, not especially. Yeah, and we happen to have two Washington transfers on offense with Jake Hayner mm-hmm. and Ty Jones. Uh, how do you, how do you uh, take that with uh, going into the game? Are you, do you, do you have something against those two guys, uh, <laughs> especially you know. those
1: two? No, I don't think it ever really gets personal to like the the players themselves. It's the laundry, uh, and they've changed the laundry, so good for them. I mean, they made the smart call, right? Like, uh-huh. actually, I mean, frankly, I thought that Washington did Ty Jones dirty. Uh, t- to be honest, I was I was really happy that their first, you know, the uh, Fresno State's first offensive touchdown of the season was a Washington-Washington connection. I got to rub that in in Husky
0: fans' faces. It was great. <laughs> You're a better man than I am because even after <laughs> even after Boise guys go to the NFL and change laundry, I still have a hard time cheering for them. <laughs> uh, oh, shoot. Well, thank you. Is there is there anything else that we missed that you would like to cover that you think the red wave needs to know about Oregon for the game Saturday?
1: Uh well, the 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 talk of the forums, the mm-hmm. the real like anxiety uh is that they replaced their field goal kicker uh last year um to henry cattleman who's a former walk-on and uh has the most glorious mustache you've ever seen he looks like a dude out of a cigarette advertisement and uh but he's my kind of guy yeah he's never he's literally never missed even when they try to ice the kicker you know he still makes the the kicks that don't count uh and, uh, but on the depth chart, he's listed as number two and we're like, no, the cattle monster being denied. So like, yeah, man, with the, the first, you know, the first field goal or PAT that comes out, you know, to kick like that's going to be the real drama, man.
0: <laughs> okay. We're going to, I'm going to look for this stash. If he's not running out, then I, I know. Yeah that you got I, I don't know you're are you going to be happy if he uh, excuse me are you not going to be happy if he doesn't run i mean I, i'm rooting for the stash like I, there's <laughs> okay. no
1: no question about it like making field goals secondary to seeing like the glorious mustache
2: <laughs> i gotta look this guy up
0: yeah, yeah.
1: well i mean they, his name is literally henry cattleman like the oh most God. cowboy name that you could think of how did you guys get there how do you wind yeah, up in I, oregon i know <laughs> I'm gonna send you uh, a
2: picture of him, Caleb, because he does look—he does have a nice mustache. Okay. It looks like he's out of the 70s. <laughs> uh,
0: I like it. Uh, he'll probably fit in for the valley. If if yeah, he right. gets the number two spot, maybe we should call him and <laughs> see if he <laughs> wants to here. come kick. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. Well, Hith, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I, I My I have a good time, and uh, we'll talk to you. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Uh, sure. Uh, looking forward to it. Take care, guys. Have a good one, man.